Welcome to A Little Marketing with Nikki and Mark and Phil, a podcast where marketers discuss marketing and the small moves that make a big difference. A Little Marketing is a collaboration between Blue Whale Communications in Kelowna and 1020 Marketing in Montreal. Have a question or topic suggestion? Email Nikki at Nikki at BlueWhaleCommunications.ca. Look for A Little Marketing on YouTube and coming soon to your favorite podcasting platforms. Subscribe, like, and share. Hey, Nikki. Hey, Mark. Good to see you. Hey, good to see you. How are you? Fantastic. Can't complain. Not like we just didn't get off a call together or anything like <laughs> yeah, that. Seriously. <laughs> um, so everybody, welcome to A Little Marketing, a, a new podcast that Nikki and I are throwing together. Um, and we just wanted to take a little bit of time to, to talk you through exactly what the concept for our show is, uh, what our ideas are, and uh, jump into our first topic. Um, so when Nikki and I were batting around ideas to get together and do this podcast, uh, we've been working together for a little bit of time now, a few years actually, right? Yeah, yeah, two or three even, two and a yeah, half. So, so, you know, the things that we work on together are frequently the small marketing uh, bits that make a big difference for our clients. And our clients are typically smaller, independent uh, business uh, businesses that are trying to just get a leg up with the budgets that they have to make a difference in their local markets and make a, a difference to their clients. Um, our businesses have grown since we've known each other. We don't just work on small contracts with small local business owners, but I, I think we do both feel that um, we get a good charge out of helping the smaller business owners uh, get their marketing in order and give them small tips and tricks and ideas to move forward and to start you know, making the most of their little niche. How do you feel about that, Nikki? Yeah, absolutely. I feel like the smaller local businesses are usually the ones who are swamped. They're so busy. There's only, you know, one or a small handful of people doing everything. Um, and so it's like a little extra marketing support really does make a big difference. Taking something off their plate and they don't have to worry about it, but they're seeing big results for whatever budget that they have, right? Right. So I think what we're going to try to do over the course of the evolution of the show is to introduce topics uh, that are simple, simple ideas, um, introduce you to, you know, changes in the industry, give you updates on what's going on. And then eventually we'd like to get around to having, you know, guests, having, you know, business owners come on, uh, subject matter experts come on and, and sort of like point the way a little bit so that you know, you can take a little marketing and get a lot out of it. Yeah, absolutely. Okay, great. So wh why don't you take some time to introduce yourself, Nikki? Sure. So my name is Nikki. I am the owner of Blue Whale Communications out here in Kelowna. Um, I have a background in communications and public relations. I was speaking to somebody yesterday about back when I graduated from university, and she said, how long ago was that? And I was like, Oh, back in 2010. And then we kind of laughed and I felt really old, but um, you're dating me been, ar <laughs> been around for a, been around for a while. Um, but so started in the marketing industry before social media was even a thing um, and got some experience working for nonprofits, national organizations, government agencies. Um, you know, across Canada and then five and a half years ago launched Blue Whale Communications specifically to help more small business owners with their marketing and their content strategies. Um, so now we do that with 
clients across North America. That's amazing, Nikki. And, and when I said you're dating me, I didn't mean we're dating. <laughs> I meant you're making me older. I, know. I got I, I got that, but that's probably a good clarification for people watching. We know the truth, right? So, <laughs> yeah. so I uh, the reason I say that is because I graduated university in '95, and when I graduated from Concordia with a marketing degree, I ended up going to Humber College in uh, in Brampton, actually in Ontario, to get my copywriting certificate. So I actually am a, I guess you can say, a certified copywriter, and I worked in advertising for so many years. But then like in uh, 2006, seven, I started out on my own and I started consulting and working with clients, uh, big and small, actually. Most of my clients were agencies and as, you know, you know, blue chip, bigger clients who I was doing writing for. And then I started to transition into social media and understanding that space and understanding the tools that people were using in within that space specifically social media listening tools monitoring tools mm -hmm. and you know growing my business from there and uh, over the last five years interestingly when I brought on another tool to help benefit my clients this tool is more location-based uh, a marketing tool to help people understand you know uh, the a foundational element of being present from a local search perspective and I started to specialize in that area and, and I launched 1020 Marketing. 1020 is uh, short for location. What's your 1020 is CB radio speak for location. And uh, we've, we've gone from there. The business has evolved since then. We're, we're working with clients that are uh, bigger than small business owners, but that, that's the roots of our business. Mm -hmm. Very cool. I love how we both kind of like had that initial focus on the, the small local businesses right and kind of just grew from there yeah and and in addition our backgrounds are sort of similar too because i did you know work in for government accounts and i did work for big high-tech companies and you know my, my background as a copywriter uh came from the ottawa area i lived in ottawa for a couple of years and and that's mm -hmm. where you were when we met yeah absolutely yeah i was there for seven years um before coming out to the west coast <laughs> Right. And, and we didn't meet while I was in Ottawa. You were there years later because obviously there's a humongous age gap here. <laughs> so, yeah, I think that that's a good introduction into how, you know, we got to know each other a little bit and why we're here today. Um, so we met through a, a mutual client, uh, somebody that I had been working with here in Montreal, knew uh, Nikki because he was also doing business in Ottawa. And he, he made that introduction to us. And while that client has long since come and gone on my end, um, the best thing that came out of it was the introduction to Nikki. So we've been working uh, for, as we said before, two, three years now, a lot on 1020 Marketing's own social media program. But also, um, we've been able to work on mutual clients and mm -hmm. whether that those are clients that Nikki has brought on board through Blue Whale or clients that 1020 is onboarded. Um, I'm always looking for opportunities to incorporate Nikki's work into our workflow and to our deliverables. And so far it's been a match made in heaven, I would say. Yeah, I think it's worked out really well. Like we mentioned that similar background, but we've ended up specializing in different areas where you're more at the listings and the paid search. And our focus is really on the organic written content. So together, like you're getting a more complete strategy for sure. 
Right, and I think that's the bottom line is the strategic component of it where you specialize in a strategic area there, other members of our team specialize in, uh, in their strategic area and, and, and together we all work to put it together and present it and execute it for our clients. Yeah. Which has been fun. It's been a great time. Right. Let so us let's get podcast. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. So, so let's get into today to into today's topic, uh, which I'll let you introduce. Uh, and this is a little bit more in your wheelhouse. Yeah. Well, in the interest of you know a little marketing, small bits of information, I thought today we could talk about you know all these Instagram updates that are constantly happening and sort of what they mean for small businesses. How much should you be paying attention to these? Are they important? Are they just, you know, Instagram trying to do something? Um, so like I said, Instagram is always giving out new updates um, to, you know, content creators and business owners. They're really trying to keep people in the platform. They want to keep people engaged, interested, um, feel like those who are content creators who are paid to create content or business owners are getting value out of showing up on their platform to advertise or to market um, whatever it is that they're, whatever they're doing or their business. Um, so earlier in the spring this year, Instagram responded to everyone who was always crying out about the algorithm. Nobody likes the algorithm. And why, why is that? What was the problem with the algorithm? Yeah. So when Instagram first came out, obviously there was a much smaller amount of people on the platform five or six years ago. And initially the feed that you see when you log in was in chronological order. So you would log in and you would see the updates of the people and the accounts that you follow as they happened. And Instagram created an algorithm because they're trying to show you content that they think you are the most interested in, not just who you're following, but what based on your actions within the app, what they think will be appealing to you. So that, that doesn't really sound very different than your experience on Facebook or Twitter or other feed-based social totally. networks. Exactly. And um, as more and more people join the app, you're seeing more and more new content and you're seeing less of what your family and friends are posting. And honestly, I think it's just because we don't realize how much we're interacting with other types of content. Um, right. People who interact with my content are mostly other business owners, friends of mine around the world who have never met in real life. It's not my family and my friends, but you don't really realize that as you're going through the motions every day in the app, right? So right. people were calling for this return of the chronological feed so they could just see, you know, what people they're following, what the people they're following are doing. So they um, made this change? Is this is so, where this is headed? Yeah. So they made this change finally yeah. in early this spring. They made this change. They introduced both the chronological feed and also a following feed, or sorry, a favorites feed, which, as you can guess, is a feed that shows accounts that you've favorited. So anyone, it's like your highlight reel, and you have the option to toggle between those two feeds, or the original or like the current algorithm-fed feed. So it's been a couple of months. So last week or the week before I put out a poll to my audience and I asked who's using the chronological feed, who's using the uh, favorites feed, like what are your experiences? And of everyone that responded, two people were using one of the new feeds. And a lot of people didn't even realize that there were new feed options, even though it felt like 
so many people were, you know, wanting this change. No one is Nobody using it. I, I find that in general, when the social networks make a change, right? Be it Facebook, which is Instagram in some ways, mm-hmm. or Twitter or LinkedIn or anybody really, that there's always this huge, you know, uproar about it until people just become used to it, accept it, and they, they end up just quietly accepting it. And, you know, I, I, I don't really get it. I mean, things evolve, I guess, right? And what people don't like is evolution itself. Totally. So I remember when Instagram first introduced the Instagram stories feature. And I remember at the time saying, I'm never going to use this. That's what Snapchat is for. And I don't remember the last time I've logged into Snapchat, but I upload, I think I uploaded 20 stories yesterday. So um, this this might be another topic because every social network is copying the unique aspect of the other ones. So now Facebook is like, uh, is like Instagram and it's also like TikTok and it's like mm -hmm. this and it's like that. Like there's no uniqueness anymore to any of these you know, yeah. in some ways. Well, Instagram has come out and said, like, we are absolutely drawing inspiration from all these other apps and they own Facebook or Facebook owns Instagram meta. Yeah. Um, yeah. So there's obviously going to be overlaps and similarities there. Um, but I think Instagram is really business focused more so than Twitter, for example, or, or even Facebook. hundred um, percent. So that, that was my next question is, why is this important to the people we hope will one day discover this right. marketing podcast? So I think there's two things that we can take away from this. Like you said, there's a huge uproar when it first came out. And in the social media management industry, the uproar was, hey, business owners, this change is coming. People are going to change how they use the app. Um, you need to be possibly thinking about posting every day so you can stay on top of that chronological feed that everyone's going to switch right. to. Or maybe you need to change your call to action to be add me to your favorites list. Um, and there was all this conversation around strategy change happening um, and nothing came of it. So I think it's a reminder to social media managers that maybe we need to chill, <laughs> like sit back and let things kind of settle um, before overwhelming our clients or you know business owners who are trying to learn from us. Then for the business owner perspective, it's like you said, like, I think these features are happening. These changes are happening. The updates are happening, um, but we don't have to panic about it, right? We can continue on with the strategy that we have. Um, The way our audience is using these apps may eventually change gradually over time, but it's not something that happens overnight. Um, And so for business owners who have an Instagram strategy or a social media strategy, I think it's important to know what the updates are, not necessarily drop what you're doing and change everything because there's an update. There was an update yesterday. Like there's so many of them. So I think it's important to take everything into stride and not panic about, you know, the new changes. But but let me ask you this. Okay. Because in our experience, there's uh, there's kind of two kinds of clients. There's the very savvy client who will take this on and do this work internally. So A, what's the advice that you can give directly to them? Mm-hmm. And then B, there are the clients that we have who, who are too busy doing the thing that they do and they want somebody else to handle this. So how do you handle that as the person responsible for their Instagram channel to work these changes to their advantage as you build out their plan for that 
network? Yeah, so I think as someone who's managing multiple accounts, it is 100% your responsibility to be aware of the updates. But every client that you're managing is going to have a different strategy. There's a different reason for why they're on Instagram and the type of content that they're producing is going to be different. So I think in this case, when you're looking at a chronological feed, um, like I said, one of the things that people were talking about was do businesses now need to be posting every day in order to stay on top of that? So you have to ask yourself, can my clients afford this? Like, the, Can they afford an increase in content production? Is it really going to matter? And is it even going to make a difference? And like we said earlier, like I said earlier, that people didn't even really adapt to the chronological feed, at least not yet. So I think it's important right. to keep clients aware, like this update is happening. Um, and maybe in a couple months, we'll want to reevaluate what we're doing and possibly change our strategy. But I don't think we need to overwhelm everyone and say, hey, this, this change just happened and we have to respond next week kind of thing. I'll give you my takeaway and for what it's worth. I think if you're in any way, shape or form investing in the time or outsourcing or whatever you might be doing and you're on this channel and, and this goes for whatever channel you're on for, you know, for all intents and purposes, you need to invest on making your content engaged with because that's what's going to get it into the favorites feed. And if the favorites feed is your default feed, which it's becoming, right, then you got to get there. So it's not about more content. It's about better quality content. And it's about making sure that you're giving people no choice but to see your content. Because the, the minute you stop getting and I'm sure the clients who complain about this or the businesses who notice the difference in the engagement, it's because their, their friends and their family are not seeing it as frequently. And mm -hmm. they're, they're not real. It's not real audience that they have. Absolutely. There's a huge difference between just posting content every day and then posting valuable content that people are going to engage with that's going to get people to call you or send you a message or leave a comment or whatever, you know, whatever yeah. it might be that's appropriate for that post. But right. um, I think the, 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 the Holy grail is getting that share, getting that like, getting that comment, but the, the best of all is to get that share. Right. So you need to build, you know, content that is share worthy essentially. Yeah. And that's how things go viral, right? Like the way all the algorithms work is you put out a piece of content and people engage with it. And when more people than usual engage with content, the networks go, oh, this is a good piece of content. I'm going to show it to more people. Right. And then when that extra group of people engages with it, they'll say, okay, I'm going to show it to even more people. And the next thing you know, you have a viral piece of content, right? Exactly. Um, exactly. But that has nothing to do with posting every day, for example, right? Right. No, I, I think that might be besides the point. You're, you, you're better off focusing your efforts on delivering quality over quantity, I think. Totally. And I think that's where it goes back to, you know, you have a strategy in place, assuming it's a good strategy and you're sharing value stick with it regardless of what the updates are at least at first right if right. When reels came out um i was dead set against reels and i was like they don't have a place in my not dead set against them but against creating them yeah. and i said like, they don't have a place in my strategy and it took some time but 
like I got used to them. I started incorporating them into my own strategy as well, but it wasn't something where I had to start creating them the next day. And my business isn't hurting because I didn't create them right out the gate, right? Like you don't have to be a first adopter to every feature update or change that these platforms are making for your business to be successful. Yeah, I agree with that. I think that if you become that, uh, you end up chasing your tail a little bit and you lose focus on what actually has been working for the clients. Exactly. Yeah, Yeah. fully. Okay, great. Great. Well, this was fun. Yeah, good chat. (laughs) Um, So our next show, um, so I guess we should explain this a little bit. The concept here is that we're going to be recording once a week and produce and and then putting that that uh, episode out uh, on a weekly basis. Um, I think our topics are going to be kind of, you know, agnostic in terms of their relationship to time. So we're going to aim to have these out once a week. Uh, it doesn't matter when it's recorded in relation to when it's coming out. Um, so our next show, which we're going to record next week, is going to look at my area of expertise a little bit more, which is the importance of having a local listing strategy. And, um, you know, Nikki has written plenty for me on that topic, so she, she gets it pretty, pretty well, too. So that should be a fun discussion. And, and uh, you know, we hope you enjoy and, and like it and share what, yeah. you've, uh, what you've discovered here today, hopefully. Yeah. And I just want to jump in and add there that a local listing strategy actually refers to your Google presence, right? Like, thank you. A lot of people might not understand that. I know, like I didn't get what a local listing strategy was either before I started doing the writing for you. I didn't realize that's what it was called. So, yeah. So, so we'll break it down to, to basically understand how a local listing strategy helps you get better placement on Google for your own Google listing. Mm-hmm. amazing amazing well thanks nikki thank you this was fun i'll yeah, see you next great. week <laughs> i look forward to getting better and better at this awesome okay great. bye-bye, Bye-bye.